0: The FBI in Peace and War. Another great story based on Frederick L. Collins' copyrighted book, The FBI in Peace and War. Drama, thrills, action. Tonight's story, The Fixer. <laughs>
1: mister. Do what you're told. Open that cash box. All right. Now put the money in this bag. Now close the bag. Shove it over here. Now you stay right there. your face to the wall. Understand? If you don't, you won't live to tell your grandchildren about this. I told you to stay. I told you.
0: Fred, get going. The minute this alley, you'll be crawling with cops. Well, what happened? You heard me, Wally. Get
2: going.
1: From time to time, the Bureau had come across the name and activities of one Fred Dunkirk, a three-time loser. He was brought to our attention for the last time following a daring daylight robbery of an Akron, Ohio supermarket on April 14, 1955. The manager of the market who was shot in the shoulder identified the criminal as Dunkirk. Under the provisions of the National Stolen Properties Act, the Bureau was called in. Agent Reynolds and I were assigned and left for Akron to cooperate with the local police in the search for Dunkirk. FBI. It says right here in the paper the FBI is cooperating. Fred, what are we going to do? Oh, stop the ball and... That's what I get, taking on a kid like you. Still green behind the ears. If you didn't shoot that man... I should have killed him identifying me. I, I should have shut his mouth for good. we got to get out. We can't stay we're here. We're staying. But Fred... You heard what I said before, Wally, we're staying until Dolan gets here. But he can't do us any good now. No, oh, no. Charlie, Dolan's got ways of fixing things. So we'll wait and see. <laughs> This you're asking the impossible, Fred. Well, you told me to come to you any time, didn't you, Mister Dolan? Yes. You said with your connections, you could fix anything. I said practically anything, but you're in the worst kind of a jam. Positive identification has been made. You, a three-time loser, shooting the man. Has. I didn't ask you to come over here to give me a rundown. I asked for help. You have to look at the picture from a practical standpoint, Fred. We better get going. Shut on. up, Willie. But he's. And said... I said shut up. And the answer is no, Mister Dolan. I didn't say that, Fred. I just said you're asking for the impossible. I know. But do you really think it's impossible? Well, it will be very difficult. <laughs> That's different. And very expensive. I didn't expect it to be free. $10,000. Why? You said you didn't expect it to be free, didn't you? $10,000? papers said your take from the robbery was 20000 All I want is half. Half? That's all. Half? How do you like the nerve of this guy, Wally? Well, what's the difference how much it is as long as we get off? Who's asking you? Ten thousand after all the trouble. Three-time losers can't be choosers. Oh, try to be funny. I'm not, just looking at the practical side again. Freddy's right. I'd uh, listen to Wally if I were you, Fred. I don't need advice from a kid like him. I'm only thinking of you. i think for myself. All right, Fred, you think it over. Fred, there is time. Wait. Ten thousand? Uh, all right. All right, but a positive fix. Don't worry, you'll get your money's worth. But just to be sure, you get paid after I'm in the clear. Fair enough. All right. What's the setup? I have a friend, a nice old lady named Ma Fergus, who runs a chicken farm outside Glenview. She's boarded clients of mine before. You'll stay with Ma until I say it's safe enough for you to come back to town. Which will be when? Just as soon as I fix you up with an airtight alibi. Okay. Wally, get ready. Yeah, sure, Fred. Wait, Wally. You're not going with him. What? What do you mean he's not going with me? While he's staying in town. Why? No one knows he's involved. He's in the clear. I still want him with me. He stays here in town. Now listen. You listen. You're in a jam up to your ears. You want me to get you out of it? All right, I'll do just that. But only on one condition. What I say goes. No ifs, ands, or buts. Exactly the way I want it, straight down the line. <laughs> To get a line on Fred Dunkirk, Agent Reynolds and I began with the usual routine legwork, checking all places he had been known to frequent, questioning all persons with whom he had been known to consort. In the meantime, Dunkirk was hiding out at a small chicken farm less than 20 miles from Akron. Don't those chickens ever stop that racket. Oh, you'll get used to it
3: in time, Fred. I
1: won't be around here long enough to get used to it, Mrs. Fergus.
3: Call me Ma. That's what all my boys call me. I'm
1: not one of your boys.
3: Oh, sure you are. Every one of you who stays with me, I consider like a son of my own. Ah, I lost my own boy ten years ago this week. He died in the electric chair. Not too bad. <laughs> Albert was a good son. He never held out on his boy. He brought me home every penny he ever stole. Oh, would you like to see his picture? No. Oh, well, you remind me so much of him. All
1: right, so I remind you of him. Let me alone.
3: Um, can I get you something to drink, Fred? No. got some nice elderberry wine. I made it myself. I don't want it. Oh, you're all upset, aren't you? Oh, that's a pity. Albert used to be the same way. And he'd frown just the way you do, too. Look,
1: will you get away and let me alone?
3: I want to help you, boy. That's why we're here on Earth, to help each other. Mothers especially. Uh... Now, you just tell your troubles to Ma Fergus. She'll understand. Now what's
1: wrong, Fred? Now look, sitting here for a week, twiddling my thumbs, listening to those stinking chickens—that's what's wrong. If you want to know.
3: No, no, no! If you just relaxed and, and considered your stay here a vacation, it'd do your world a good.
1: Nothing's going to do me any good until I hear from Dolan that everything is all right.
3: You just leave it to Mister Dolan. He's a fine man. He'll fix everything.
1: Week today, haven't heard from him in a week. What's taking so long?
3: Don't get getting yourself upset more. Just you remember, son, what I used to tell my Albert. Rome or an airtight alibi wasn't built in a day.
1: Where are you calling from? My Fergus place. At least you have the good sense to stay there. Didn't I tell you not to phone me? Didn't I say I'd get in touch with you when I'm ready? It's been over a week. It may be another week, even two. You're sitting high and dry. I want to know what's going on. What about one? He's all right. Well, I want to talk to him. Send him out here. Are you crazy? Then tell him to phone me. It's important. Right now, the only important thing is doing this my way. But you've got to say to Wally, you can wait. Unless you want to spend the rest of your life in prison. <laughs> longer, Mr. Dolan. Well, like I told Fred, another week, maybe two. Can't see him before. What do you want to see him about? Well, just talk. About what? Nothing special. Then it can wait. Anybody ask you questions yet? No, not yet. The FBI is asking about Fred all around, I understand. FBI. And they may get around to you. FBI? Don't let it throw you. I told you what to answer in case, didn't I? Yeah. You remember? Yeah, I think so. I don't think. Be sure. The alibi for you was all set. Her name? Uh... Claire Wallace. And you were where with Miss Wallace all that afternoon? The movies. She'll bear that out, so there's nothing for you to worry about, okay? Yeah, okay, Mr. Dolan. Oh, uh, what about the alibi for Fred? Well, that's a tougher job. I told you it'll take another week or two. Wally. Yeah? What'd you want to talk to Fred about? I told you. Yeah, nothing special, but it is something special, isn't it? No. Look, if I'm going to help you and Fred, you've got to take me into your confidence. You've got to trust me. It's nothing important, honest. Wally. Honest. It's about the money, isn't it? What? The 20,000, it's about that. No. Oh, come on, Wally. No, it's not about that. You know where it is. Please, huh? You're the only one outside of Fred who knows where that money is hidden. Mr. Dolan, please, I don't want to talk about it. All right, Wally, if you don't want to talk about it, all right, we won't. (laughs) ten days, we continued the legwork, questioning anybody and everybody who had had any connection with Fred Dunker. One fruitless interview led to another. We were finally down to rock bottom, which in this case was the Acme Billiard Parlor. Uh, ninth ball in the corner pocket.
0: Mr. Gregg? Yeah?
1: Wally Gregg? That's right. Federal Bureau of Investigation. What? We'd like to talk to you. Talk? talk. Oh, talk. Yeah, sure. Uh, It will be with you in a minute, Harry. Uh, Somebody wants to talk to me. What's it about? Dunkirk. What? Fred Dunkirk. Oh, oh, him. What can you tell us about him? Uh, Fred Dunkirk? Well, all I can tell you is what I've been reading in the papers about him. Nothing more? What more should I know? You tell us. I don't know anymore. Why ask me? We found out only this morning that you and Dunkirk were friends. Well, I I wouldn't say friends. What would you say? Well, just acquaintances. We were told more. No more, just acquaintances. Where and when have you seen him since the 14th? 14th? The day of the robbery. I haven't seen him since then. When before the 14th? I don't know. How am I supposed to remember? We'll help you. You saw him here in this billiard parlor the day before the 14th. You played with him. Remember now? No. But, but if you say so, I guess it's true. Where were you with him on the 14th? Oh now, wait a minute. Who said I was with him that day? We didn't say. We're just asking. Well, you got a funny way of asking. I wasn't with him that day. How come you remember that? Because I happen to remember I had a date. What kind of a date? The usual kind with a girl. You want a name? You seem very anxious to give it. Look, you can ask me anything you want about that day. I'll tell you who I was with, where I was, anything you want to know. I got nothing to hide, so go ahead and ask.
0: to The Fixer in just a moment.
4: Friends, this is Jimmy Wallington. You know many great men have attained the highest office in our land, the Presidency of the United States. Can you guess the name of this man? He was born in New Hampshire in 1804 and in his early teens he was an associate of Nathaniel Hawthorne and William Wadsworth Longfellow. After serving in the state legislature, he was offered a cabinet position under President James K. Polk this he declined, preferring to volunteer for military service in the Mexican War. He served with distinction and bravery, and his war record was a decisive factor in making him a presidential candidate. Elected in 1852, his administration was marked by the growth of the slavery controversy and the signing of the treaty with Japan. Now, you should have his name by now, but in case you don't, here's one more important clue. Many important men were competitors for his nomination, including Stephen Douglas and James Buchanan. It was not until the 49th ballot that his party nominated him as its candidate. Yes, he was Franklin Pierce, 14th President of the United States. His life is part of your American heritage.
0: of tonight's story, The Fixer.
1: From what we had gathered, Wally Gregg was our one possible link with Fred Dunkirk. We had him go over his story several times, recounting his activities of the 14th. It's like I told you before, my date and I were in the movies all that afternoon. You don't have to believe me, as Kirk. He named the Claire Wallace as his date. Agent Reynolds checked out on Miss Wallace.
0: Dave, she confirms Wally Gregg's story, every detail of it.
1: At that moment, things looked dismal for us. As we were to learn later, we didn't seem any brighter to Dunkirk. I don't like the way things look, Dolan. Now, how do they look? It's taking too long. Let me worry about that. Sure, let you, while I'm sitting here going nuts, listening to those chickens and that crazy old dame cackling. I don't know which is worse. I know what's worse than all this put together. Oh, don't give me that again. You don't want to face the truth. I want to get out of here now. Nobody's stopping you. Go ahead, leave. How far do you think you'd get? Your face is on every post office bulletin board. Go ahead. All right, all right. But I want to talk to Wally. And soon... That can wait with everything else. It can't. Look, when are you going to stop arguing wasting your breath? I told you Wally was questioned by the FBI. And you said he came out okay. That doesn't mean they're through with him. If he makes one slip, if he gives him a chance to tie him to you, that's the finish. Everything's going along fine so far. Don't spoil it. I'll be back to see you in a couple of days. The next time, Dolan, just be sure you come back with good news. Eh? Don't worry, the next time, everything will be different. Mom. Oh, you're
3: leaving so soon, Mr. Dolan? I'll
1: have to go back to town. Oh, why don't you stay
3: for supper? Chicken and dumplings. Yeah, thanks, but
1: i got to go. Uh, he been giving you any trouble?
3: He's upset. I understand. My Albert used to be the same way when he was in trouble. Then I used to comfort him and protect him. That's what mothers Before, Mr. Dolan. Oh, uh, by the way, his second week's board is due. And uh, not, not that I'm rushing you, I understand. Uh, yeah. But the One hundred. Mm-hmm. Thank you. It's a labor of love taking care of these boys you send me, Mr. Dolan. Uplifting. Oh, uh, I'll miss Fred when you have that alibi all set up, when you bring him back to town.
1: There's not going to be any alibi. Oh? And he'll never get back to town alive.
3: Well, isn't that a pity? I
1: don't call $20,000 a pity, do you?
3: Mm, no. Not if I was to get my share.
1: <laughs> ah, you're a money-loving old
3: biddy. <laughs> well, well, maybe I am, Mr. Dolan, but...
1: Who's going to look after me in my old age if I don't? Go ahead, Wally. Have another drink. Well, thanks. I had enough, Mr. Dolan. You uh, got something on your mind? So have you. What no makes you think that? Well, you didn't ask me up here just to give me a couple of drinks. Wally, you're a smart young fellow, but I don't understand one thing. What's this? What's that? How you got mixed up with a lug like Fred Dunkirk? what kind of talk is that? It's the truth, and you know it. Dunkirk is a two-bit, penny-handy lug. Now, wait a minute. He's a friend of mine. And he'd sell you down the river just as soon as I look at you. I'm going. You can go after I tell you a few things if you want. I don't want to hear anything about Fred from you. All right, then listen to what I have to say about you. What? About what will happen to you when Dunkirk's caught. Caught? You don't think he can get away with this, do you? But you're supposed to... Set up an alibi for him be easier to find a needle in a haystack. There is no such alibi. And this was all the front. You're not going to help him. Even a miracle couldn't help him. It's different with you, Walt. We're not talking about me. You want to talk cents? We are dollars and cents. What? With Dunkirk along, what chance do you think you'd have to spend that money? With him along, you'd get picked up so fast, make your head swim. What are you trying to say? That Dunkirk is cooked no matter what you do. What I do? You know where the money is hidden, don't you? Well, I... Uh... You know where we can lay our hands on it. If you think... I don't think you want to spend the next ten years in prison. Maybe not, but I'm not double-crossing the fridge. He'd do the same to you without batting an eyelash. I said you're a smart young fellow. Start using your brains to give yourself a chance. You're in the clear now. You can stay in the clear. And have $10,000 in your pocket. You mean split with you? I mean a safe and sound business proposition. No one will know where the money came from. Fred will. Don't worry about him. He won't be around to mention it. So you see, you'd be safe all around. What do you say, Walt? I knew you were after something, but I didn't expect anything like this. I I I don't know what to say. I'll have to think about it. Oh, sure, Wally. I understand. You think about it and let me know. One weak link in Wally Gregg's alibi was the girl Claire Wallace. After we had questioned her closely for several days, she came to an important decision.
2: I figured I'd better tell the FBI the truth before I got into it too deep.
0: And the story you told me, all a lie?
2: Yeah. Honest, I haven't slept since then. I kept thinking about it and worrying until I almost went crazy.
1: You weren't with Wally Gregg that day.
2: Or any other day.
1: Why did you lie?
2: I... I was paid. Things have been tough. I thought it was some easy money. It was the hardest of my life. I didn't spend a cent of it. It's still home in my drawer. I'm going to put it in an envelope and mail it back to Greg. No, no, he didn't give it to me. What? I never even met him. He was just described to me. Who paid you? I, I'd rather not tell. As long as you know the true story, does it make any difference?
1: It makes a great deal of difference, Miss Wallace. You're afraid to tell, is that it?
2: Yeah. I heard what happens to people who talk too much. I heard about this girl last year. Who had acid thrown in her face.
1: We'll do everything to protect you.
2: Acid in her face?
1: I promise you'll never be revealed as our source.
2: Gee, I I don't know.
1: What makes you think they won't cause you trouble anyway? Maybe they feel you know too much already.
2: I thought of that.
1: Well, then you're much better off telling us, aren't you? Miss Wallace?
2: His name is Dolan. Dolan. Charlie Dolan. He's the boss down in the Fifth Ward. He's always making deals, fixing things.
1: Charlie Dolan.
2: Whenever anybody's in trouble or needs a special favor, they go to Charlie Dolan. He'll fix anything for a price. He's the one who paid me to lie, to alibi for Wally Gregg.
0: Did he tell you why he wanted an alibi for Gregg?
2: No. And I didn't ask. You're not supposed to ask Charlie Dolan questions.
1: Well, we will. When the time comes round. <laughs> still kept our aim on our prime target, Fred Dunkirk. Questioning Dolan could wait. Having no other course, we hoped he would eventually lead us to Dunkirk. So we kept him under constant surveillance. Hello? Wally, Mr. Dolan. Hello, oh, Wally. How are you? Uh, much better now. I take that to me you came around to my way of thinking. That's right. Good. Then let's get it finished as soon as possible. You're fine with me. Tonight... All right, you'll have the money. You'll be here at my place at 10. I'll have it. Welcome in, Mr. Dolan. You're right on time. It's a habit of mine. Money, you have it here. I said I would, didn't I? Just wanted to be sure. Can I fix your drink? Later, business first. That's the way I feel about it. What? Business first. Always. Fred. I know it isn't polite to point, especially with a gun. Now, now, look, Fred. Wally, I think he's curious about how I happen to be invited to this party. You're the host. You tell him. I invited him, Mr. Dolan. Ma Fergus couldn't make it. She's with her chickens in one of the coops. Plus, Fred, I don't know what he told he you. He told me everything. That's what friends are for. Help each other. Well, why don't you listen to my side of the story before you do anything hasty? What I'm going to do isn't hasty. I gave it a lot of thought on the way into town. You and I, Donna, are going for a ride in the country. Only one of us isn't coming back. Guess which one? Okay, Wally, open the door. <laughs> Dunkirk and Dolan didn't get much farther than the door. Agent Reynolds and I were waiting just a few feet down the hall. Ma Fergus was found later unconscious in one of her chicken coops. She was tried separately for knowingly harboring a criminal. Because of his past record, Fred Dunkirk's punishment was a foregone conclusion. He is now serving a life sentence. Wally Gregg and Charlie Dolan were given sentences in proportion to their part in the crime which attempted to dodge justice by using... The Fixer.
0: In tonight's story. Bill Zucker played the part of Fred Dunkirk. Harold Huber was Charlie Dolan. This radio dramatization for the FBI and Peace and War was written by Ed Adamson. These programs are produced and directed by Betty Mandeville. All names and characters used on the program are fictitious. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. This program is based upon Frederick L. Collins' copyrighted book, The FBI in Peace and War. And the broadcast does not imply endorsement, authorization, or approval by the Federal Bureau of Investigation. The FBI in Peace and War has come to you through the worldwide facilities of the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service.